Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really good, especially because we've just sat giggling at each other for the last <laughs> 10 minutes. I'm in a very good mood now, thank you. <laughs> well, what a oh, welcome. Brilliant. Oh, so, how's your day going? Yeah, I mean, it's not do too bad but now we're laughing it feels a lot better good great great i'm happy to oblige <laughs> oh fab so i've i've met you well i met you on linkedin a few yes. months ago now i guess time flies in there, really. um but yeah i how did i how did i first um get to know you i think you, you posted something and i was just like oh my god i relate so much and i want to hear more about this so i got in touch with you and um we started chatting and then I was straight into the voice notes because I love a voice note. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and the rest is history. So would you like to start by sort of introducing yourself and just give us a little summary about yourself? Oh, gosh, how long do we have? Um... <laughs> <laughs> An hour and a half. <laughs> oh, well, OK. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, as long as it takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hours then. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my name's Isaac Harvey. Um, I was born with a disability called limb pelvic hypoplasia, which means I have um, no arms and short legs. Um, I have a weak pelvis, so I'm not able to walk. And I have scoliosis, which is the curvature of the spine. Um, and that's been corrected by metal work. And I have grown up in East London, where I've had very supportive friends and family who have always encouraged me to be the best version of myself awesome. and never really told me no you can't do this um we want you to do this and if I have a crazy idea like skydiving they're all for it um, so yeah that, that's really helped me have this mindset that I find it easy to overcome obstacles with my disability mm. um but the biggest challenge I've I had was dealing with my mental health um, mm. because I was known as Isaac who's done skiing, Isaac who's done a skydiver, as I've mentioned. And um, because of that persona, which was given to me, I kind of had to, I felt that I had to live to that, up to that level mm. um, and never really show that I wasn't feeling great. So I was always putting this mask on saying I'm happy all the time and mm. uh, never really honest with my audience, which mm. meant I wasn't really being honest with myself. And I had that really vicious cycle. Mm. Um, and it just got to a breaking point where I took a step back. Uh, I wanted to learn about the minds and uh, mindset and mental mm. health and things like that. Um, and that's when I started learning about the law of attraction um, how we think, feel and speak is the reality that we create. And that can completely change my perception on things. And here we are still smiling and getting on with life, really. So yeah. That's amazing. You totally reframed things for yourself yes. then. Yeah. yeah. And what, what, just out of interest, what age were you when you had this realisation, when everything changed? Uh, about f three years ago when I was 23. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wow. recently. Yeah, that's so. There's so much for me to unpack in what you've just said. Oh yeah, so there's a lot more. <laughs> I've got so many questions, um, but yeah, it's. Um, I think that what you've just mentioned there is something that the I mean the mental health side of things a lot of people can really really relate to. Yeah. Um, and I really really admire the way that you sort of took control of it and were like, right, I need to take a step back. Mm. I need to control things. I need to. Yeah, have have more um, a, more of an active sort of uh, a role in my own mental health going forward. Yeah. Um, that's something that a lot of people can relate to. I think maybe not the the breaking point, um, although a lot of people have experienced that during the pandemic. But it's um, it takes a lot of courage to be so open about this mm. because there's still such a taboo, especially for a young man. There's still such a taboo about mental health and, you know, getting therapy and admitting that you maybe need some help. That's really difficult for a lot of people to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people, like I would, I would take to online and, 
show like I was up certain things, which again wasn't good. Like I was putting out negative into the world, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what was coming back to me. And I would have lots of friends and family who would try and support me and help me, but I was kind of blinded by their positivity because um, I was so mm-hmm. like negative. I was like, oh, what you're telling me is wrong. I don't need to be hearing this positive nonsense. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel the real change was when I made the want to make the change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, when I finally turned around my uh, mindset about things, I had a friend contact me who was going through the same thing. And, you know, it's quite relatable of everything that she was going through. It was a totally different situation, but, you know, it's kind of like the same principles of she didn't want to listen to me and uh, I was stubborn like she was and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's for you to make that step to make the change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there can be many, many different ways in our lives that we um, we we lack the... the the tools that we need Mm. until you actually get real with yourself and you say, right, okay, I need to address this. But you know, the the negativity, the not listening to people, being stubborn, these are all coping mechanisms Mm. that people use when they're scared of what's the other side of the, of the, of the, the change, the big change. Um, But I think that it's, it's, not necessarily a good thing to compare yourself with other people, mm. but really just to try and improve in yourself day by day and just sort of move forward in that way. Um, but having said that, having gone through it, having been there, understanding how difficult it can be and understanding the highs and lows of going through your own mental health journey, it does enable you to be there for other people yes. in a way that you wouldn't be um otherwise so fair play to you for being there for your friend yeah i mean it's one of those things where it's good that we have like doctors who talk about it but a lived experience is much more powerful than Mm -hmm. reading a textbook and stuff like that i feel Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean I've, i've read quite a lot of books about mindset and about Things such as healing your inner child oh, yes, and yeah. other things like that. Some things I've relate, related to more than others. Yeah. Um, but when you get the thing that works for you, when you go, yes, okay, that's really helping, then it's, it's you know, completely whatever that is, whether it's the law of attraction or whether it's it's something else entirely, um, then explore it, go through it. It, it may be comforting in that moment, um, but you'll normally learn a lot from it. Um, for me, the author who has just been the most amazing influence on me is um, Brené Brown. Okay. Um, she's absolutely incredible. Uh, I I don't know. If, have you read anything by Brené Brown? No, I haven't. I'm I'm more of a visual and um, mm-hmm. listening rather than reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, recommend a TED talk of hers. Okay. Uh, for you to watch if you want it. Perfect. Um, so there's one thing that is central to who I am as an English teacher and it's something that all of our team members actually have in common and that's that we believe in a growth mindset. Oh, yeah. So wherever you are right now is is fine. You know, if you want to improve, you don't have to be so hard on yourself in order to move forward mm. step by step. Um, there are a lot of elements to growth mindset that really are quite difficult in today's world with the internet, you know, comparing yourself with other people and maybe feeling a bit jealous of what they've got going on. Yeah. How much do we all struggle with that? Social media. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you, if you try and sort of focus on yourself on your own growth Mm. rather than comparing yourself with other people, that's really fundamental to learning anything really. Um, so that sounds like something you've you've got a lot of experience with. Yeah, I mean, I, I could give an example of me comparing myself. So I, um, I'm also a video editor. So I've been doing that for about nine, ten years now, um, wow. where I use the computer with my feet to edit videos. Um, and when I left school, I made sure I, was, I said, well, I said to myself, you know, I'm going to be doing my own thing. So I didn't want to go down like TV production routes or um, anything like mainstream media. 
I wanted to just create my own content. So I started making YouTube vlogs, um, showcasing all the things I would get up to and behind the scenes of things. And I'd go really silly with the edits and make music and silly memes would be added. And <laughs> it was really? a whole load of craziness. If you watch back at them, it's kind of cringe worthy, but I'll see the couple <laughs> of them. Yeah. Brilliant. No, but have you seen the really old ones? <laughs> no, not really old ones, no. A few months ago, yeah. 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 But I'm going to now. <laughs> Go into the well, back catalogue. Well, good luck with that. Um... <laughs> I'll give you some feedback. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's alright, I'll <laughs> yeah. um, And I, I just loved it because it was like, um, I could be creative and... I'm showing people what I can do. And then people would say, oh, I feel the videos be more powerful if you talk about disability. Um, mm -hmm. And I would always say, oh, I don't really want to talk about my disability because I just want to mm -hmm. show I'm having a good time. Like, why should yeah. I mention that? Um, mm -hmm. But it's when I started doing talks in places, the impact I was giving people um, about disability and overcoming challenges and things. So I kind of started incorporating it in the video, still with the memes and things to make it engaging and funny. Mm. And then um, I I don't know what happened, but I kind of started comparing myself to other famous people because I would spend like two weeks on a video and I would only get like 20 to 40 views. And I thought, oh, I'm spending mm. all this time and I'm not getting much viewership. So I'd kind mm. of take a lot of inspiration from other YouTubers and it wouldn't work and it was just kind of unmotivating me a lot, um, mm. which was a bit mm. of a shame because, you know, I started out doing it because I loved it. And yeah. then um, eventually I kind of stopped making YouTube videos and I went down the route of what I didn't want to do and start doing freelance and uh, doing videos for other people, which I wanted to just kind of get a different... Uh, take on video editing and yeah. get my mind out get of some there. experience mm -hmm. um which i did enjoy um but it was much later down the line i think 2019 or end of 2018 i saw a video on youtube of a guy basically saying you know everyone in the world um is unique and what they put out into the world is yeah what, what everyone puts it out into the world is unique and it's your content. So if one mm. person sees it, that's one out of a million people who've seen your content and the million have missed out on it. So it's kind of mm. <laughs> seeing it the other way around. Yeah. Um, and then when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, yeah, gosh, that's really, that's really, and I, I, I feel more, uh, it makes more sense to see it that way. Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. But by then I kind of mm. lost motivation for youtube so i kind of just kept that mindset into just um doing content um online and once mm. i started forgetting out the views that's when they started to come and getting the engagement yeah. and things um cause I, I bet you were being more authentic then when that happened yes you? yes mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah. when i started seeing the growth and uh, people mm. really engaging with my content again mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a rite of passage, you know, when you when you start out in a new field, you've got to really, you learn from other people. Yeah. And to a certain extent, maybe you're copying them or you're emulating them in mm. order to figure out what is you yes. and what is them. So I think that's that's a natural part of the process. And that's why you often see a lot of people putting out the same content as other people because they haven't yet found their own voice. But the ones who are successful are mm. the ones who find a way to find their voice and and be themselves. Yes. When you're being yourself, people are really drawn to that authenticity, aren't they? And um, that's when you start to find your tribe and attract people who generally are, are a good influence in your life. Um and I think that that's that's the process I've been on in the last year as well mm. because um, I've focused mainly on on LinkedIn. Yeah. But um, I remember 
many years ago, everyone's had this experience, but many years ago, you know, out uploading my CV to LinkedIn and just being like, this is the, you know, most boring thing in the world. Um, but then a little while ago, about just over a year ago, someone said to me, you know, LinkedIn's different now, you know, you should probably give it another try. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, maybe. So I went on there and I think the first person I saw was Leah Turner. And she's like covered in tattoos, blonde hair, just like 100% sass. And right. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> this is totally different to what I was doing before. So, um, yeah, then I saw Luke Manton, who's just the most amazing person ever. And just a load of people who I was like, I, I want to be in a pub with these guys. I want to just sit and <laughs> chat with these guys. I want them to be my friends, you know. So, um, yeah, I started to get into it then. But I had the same experience that you were talking about there. It was like, okay, well, that's working for them. Maybe I'll try a little bit of that. No, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> you know, tumbleweeds. Um, and then I'll try something else. No, still no one's responding to this. But then I took a course actually from Leah Turner and okay. she was talking about being yourself and being authentic and everything. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. It's going to just be me. Um, and I did. And then people were like, hi, Lorraine, how are you doing? <laughs> it's true. I know. Good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I think that's how you meet people that you really want to talk to. I mean, I have a funny LinkedIn story, <laughs> kind of uh, how you kind of started. Um, so for years, people would say, I need to join LinkedIn and I would always say, why do I need a professional Facebook? You know, <laughs> why do I, why do I need to go on there? It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Cause I, I'd been on Facebook and Instagram for many, many years and they would have highs and lows with engagement, but it never really, there's nothing really genuine about it. And, you know, most people just like it or just do fire emojis because of a good image no, nothing to do with the caption thanks <laughs> for sharing yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um it was after a while like a lot of people were saying yeah you need to join linkedin so i thought okay mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just do it but my main focus was um because i'd been doing wheels and wheelchairs for three years and became the president in 2020 i thought okay i'm just gonna join and uh, share mainly wheels and wheelchairs um, mm. so I started doing that and then I, I started to see quite a lot of engagement and then I started talking about my life and that's when it kind of just blew up really like loads of engagement mm. people wanted to connect with me first time mm. well three times that I've gone viral on LinkedIn which is crazy compared wow. to other platforms. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I've done this in just over a year on LinkedIn. And even mm. some of the connections I've made now is like, when I tell them I've only been on for like a, such a short period of time, they say, how did you do it? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's working. <laughs> yeah. I know it's my main oh. platform. I don't really post on the others now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ROI, I mean, sorry to be all business for a second, but the <laughs> ROI on LinkedIn is just like insane. Mm. It's only like second to TikTok. I'm not really into TikTok. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it, you know, from time to time, if I'm like having a lazy day in bed, <laughs> just like, okay. But um, I just, I, I mean, I'm not really that, well, I'll get there. It just takes me a while, I think. <laughs> but um, I think um, the, the most important thing is that if you're sharing stuff online, it's got to add value for people, right? Yeah. If, you just, if you're just sort of saying what you're thinking, then that will get you so far, but it's not really going to be mm. attracting your tribe kind of thing much, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, if you're adding value to people, you're bringing them something really useful or funny or, you know, something engaging, like you say, then that's, that's how you do it. That's the way I'm trying to do it anyway. <laughs> um, and, and also with LinkedIn, that you know, before LinkedIn, I thought I'd been living in a bubble because the amount that I've learned from people mm. and especially like the disability community, what people are doing, um, adaptive fashion world, I didn't even know about adaptive fashion before joining LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know about um, a DEI people within the workplace i'll be honest i didn't know anything like that i i just 
my eyes just were open to yeah. a whole new world of people and yeah. things that have been done. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, where have I been living? Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful, isn't it? That you get to learn so yeah. much. Yeah, I've, I've learned mm. so much from LinkedIn as well. Um, yeah, I, uh, I met someone called Spencer through LinkedIn. I don't know if you know Spencer Collins, um, but he's... Uh, He's he's really vocal in in all kinds of disability circles, and okay. um, he's absolutely fantastic guy. He was born deaf, and he's lived his whole life doing so many different jobs, so many roles. He's even he was a DJ. You know, he's been in DNI for ages, and uh, he reached out to me because on my little profile video it had subtitles on it, okay. and he was just like Lorraine. Thank you. And I was like, <laughs> what? What did I do? <laughs> and he was like, thank you for putting subtitles on it because it's amazing how many people mm. do not do that. Um, and I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even really think about it. Every video I make, I put subtitles on it, you know. Um, thanks to my teacher, leader. She's a director yeah. of studies. She's all about accessibility and she's always making sure mm. our website is as accessible as possible and all of that stuff. It's something that brings us all together as as a team. We're all interested in diversity and inclusion. We've got a diverse team of people, you know, it's the right mixed oh, bag cool. and it's lovely. Um, and we're much, much better for it. So a couple of years ago, we created a course about diversity and inclusion for English learners so that mm. they could learn the, the lingo. And um, it's it, that's been very eye-opening but I've met so many more people through LinkedIn that have taught me a lot about it as well. Mm. But the the inspiration behind that course was that I had a, a student who was talking to me one day and he was telling me about somebody in in the office um, who's transgender. And uh, this student of mine didn't want to start a conversation in case he said something wrong. And I, right. I get it, right? We've all, we've all been there not not knowing what to say or what, not wanting to make a mistake, not wanting to offend someone really. Um, yeah. But it was such a shame that, that he wasn't able to, to talk with his teammate because he was so worried mm. about this. So, you yeah. know, we were working on the different language to use. And generally, it's all about asking questions like, what do you want to be referred to as? And, you know, um, yeah. tell me about your experience or something. And uh, what pronouns do you use? That kind of thing. Um, so it was a huge relief from a student to be able to have the language to have a chat with this person because he, he realised he wasn't talking because he was didn't want to offend them, but then mm. not talking to them was offending them. So <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm stuck." So um, yeah, after that, I um, had a I did a podcast with a friend of mine called Alyssa, who's in London. She's a DNI consultant, and it was like one of those podcasts where after two hours, you're still like, "But I've got so many more questions to ask you." Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Mm. So um, yeah, I think that. It's great that the language is, is is evolving. It's great that people are learning so much more about it now. Um, from your point of view as a 26-year-old, you know, how <laughs> how have you noticed the landscape changing recently in the way that people can can talk to you about your disability or about or not talking to you about your disability? This is this is the main thing because so much of it is about what you can't do. But I'm sure you want to focus on what you can do. So yeah, mm. t- t- talk to us a little bit about that and from your perspective, how would you like people to talk to you and what questions would you like them to ask and things like that? Well, I'm one thing I've realised is you know everyone's different and everyone. Mm sees it differently um because you know i prefer um language such as person with disability others like disabled mm-hmm. um but it's one of those things where everyone's going to be different and language is going to be different for everybody yeah. so we just have to ask what mm-hmm. people prefer mm-hmm. and not say look this is how you refer to mm-hmm. people with disabilities by having this one category or people within the LGBT community, you know, mm-hmm. we got to just respect the individual and what they want to be called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the, after what you were saying, I, I was going to say, you know, it's one of those things where I believe where us as individuals, so for example, like people within the disability community, we have as much responsibility as the people who are wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's people in, 
probably every community where they get it wrong. Oh, I hate you. I don't want to speak to you. And they tell the people off. And it's like, how can you tell someone off if they genuinely don't know? Mm, you know, yeah. we've we got to educate people um, in a constructive way. Meet them where they are be, and help them to improve. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and be nice about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always say the story where I was in um, Waterloo Station uh, to get to the lift to the platform. And I get in the lift and a woman comes in. This was before the pandemic and things. And she comes in and she says to me, oh, excuse me, you know, do you mind if I come in the lift with with you? And I thought this was a really weird question in my head. I thought, why are you asking this? I said, yeah, of course. And she said, oh, it's because the person before in a wheelchair said, oh, no, he doesn't allow anyone else to share a lift with him. Um, mm-hmm. And you could see by the way she was talking, it was like, I, ca- I guess, a bit of a rude encounter. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, that's not how you teach people and that's mm-hmm. not how you speak to people. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, that woman might have been scared to even speak to me yeah, because maybe. of that one experience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, I feel that's with anyone in any community. If you have one bad experience, you feel like the whole, or subconsciously at least, mm-hmm. you might feel everyone's like that. And yeah. I feel... You know, we have the responsibility to help others by helping us. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But then equally, you know, you can understand why that person maybe if that person's had a, a bad day um, with people yeah, being inconsiderate and just, you know, it, it's mm. understandable that, that he or she was just aggre- a little bit aggressive. I always think, <laughs> yeah. you know, we... Obviously, it would be great if we could all speak to one another with respect and consideration, mm. but that's not the way the world <laughs> works, unfortunately. So Sadly, I yeah. completely relay, I completely agree, you should you should explain things nice and calmly, but we've all had those days where we're just like, for God's sake, you know, like I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to explain this for the 57th time today, you know, can you just leave me alone? <laughs> we all have bad days, but someone once said oh, to me, how did it go? Don't attribute something to malice when you can attribute it to stupidity or ignorance or something like that. Because a lot of people there, they are the way they are. They're aggressive. Mm. They're rude to other people. But most of the time, it's not because they're trying to upset you. It's because often they're a bit ignorant or they're a bit insecure or they're having a bad day or, um, you know, they, they just don't understand things and they don't want to understand things, you know. And once I understood that concept, I was like, oh, so these people who like always commenting on your on your posts, like trying to bring you down or telling <laughs> you what to do or just attacking you in general, sometimes it's so vicious I just think to myself, wow, that person's having a really bad day and try not to take it personally. But that's how I think it's one of those things where, well, I I believe it's something going on in their life for Mm -hmm. them to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually what people say into the world is a reflection on themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's very difficult to have that reasoning mind especially if it's like a split second thing like someone's rude to you it's like okay i'm gonna um react to that in without thinking mm-hmm. um but i think as humans we need to start responding mm-hmm. rather than reacting mm-hmm. uh which is not always easy but you know i think you, it's one of those things where you have to train yourself to learn how to do it. I've, I've i've been doing a lot of learning but this kind of stuff. So. I could tell. That was a really nice yeah. way of explaining it there. We, we need yeah. to start responding instead of reacting. I'm like, yes, Isaac. Soundbite. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't need to do any more yeah, now. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's my clip for LinkedIn tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. So um, earlier you were talking about wheels and wheelchairs. I want you to tell us more about that because I know you've got a really exciting event coming up very soon. So can you oh, tell yes. us firstly what it is? Because I've seen some amazing 360 videos of this and I'm just I'm going to yeah. share this with the with the episode. What What is it and what have you got coming up? 
Uh, so it's wheelchair users um, getting pushed by roller skaters or rollerbladers um, at sometimes high speed. Um, and we do that in London, um, Battersea Park every Saturday. And then on a Sunday, we do it on the streets of London with a marshalled skate with about 200 other skaters. And That's brilliant. Yeah, so That's amazing. It's, it's, a whole, it's a whole load of fun, really. <laughs> yeah. um, and as it's leading up to Easter Sunday, we're going to be doing a Easter skate where people dress up in bunny outfits and anything to do with Easter, which actually um, was my first ever street skate all the way back in 2019. Wow. And I cool. joined, yeah. Amazing. So and what are you going to dress up as? Um, I'm going to be <laughs> dressing up with a pink uh, bunny top with <laughs> as ears on it. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I can just imagine yeah. that feeling of belonging to not only to an, an amazing team, like it's always really lovely to be in a, in a team of people mm. who are all, you know, really passionate and enthusiastic, but moving at high speed through the streets of London. That's so badass. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, how, who thought of this? Is this your creation or did you come in as a president later? Um, so lots of people think I'm the founder whenever I say that I'm the president and it's like, I, I can't take that credit. It wasn't me. No. <laughs> um, so the story goes all the way back to 2012 when a French group who had been doing, uh, this for 10 years prior to 2012 and for the 10th anniversary, they wanted to, um, roller skate from Paris all the way to London for the opening of the Paralympic Games. Wow. So they knew how to get to the border of France, but from the border of England to get to the Olympic Park, they needed help. So they contacted London skaters um, who, want, well, gave help to how to do it. Wow. Um, and when they had arrived, um, all the skaters were like, wow, we need to do something here. Um, and that's when Wheels and Wheelchairs was born. Awesome. And then I was introduced to it at the end of 2018, where, um, have you had a winter wonderland in Hyde Park? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I went there and I went on the ice rink with my um, wheelchair and one of the ice marshals came up to me and we just started chatting and he said, oh, would you be interested in wheelchair roller skating? I thought, I've never heard of this before, but yes, But yes, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> That sounds yeah, amazing. Like, yeah, it just sounded really out there because, you know, prior to this, I'd done skiing and uh, tall ship sailing and other adventurous activities. So, you know, roller skating was something that I just never thought was possible. Um, and yeah, I ended up going for my first time and I absolutely loved it that I mm. went the week after, which is then when I did the Easter skate. You were hooked. And then I just went every week really yeah. and um really enjoyed it and then i went to um france i did it with the paris skaters oh, the OGs. Um, i took, <laughs> took part in the paris marathon before we started recording went to istanbul as well and did the half mm. marathon yeah i was asking you about that earlier wasn't i <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> missed yeah. one of the main points though <laughs> moving swiftly on (laughs) no how was how was your experience in in istanbul though you mentioned that it was great but also difficult in some ways i mean culturally it's really interesting it's fascinating getting to go to the mosques and seeing the old town and going through the bazaars where there's like four thousand shops and people wanting to buy their goods uh one guy really wanted to sell me his carpet. I was like, no, I don't want any carpet. (laughs) 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 But yeah, um, the, it was really good that way. But when it came to accessibility, it wasn't great. Like Mm. steps to get into the mosques and there was no such thing as an accessible taxi. Um, it was a hail and ride, fold up your wheelchair and get in the cab and go really. Um, and, cobbled streets mm-hmm. um pavements being really steep mm-hmm. and as i was saying to you earlier if i was in my electric wheelchair it would have been a mm-hmm. pretty impossible task mm-hmm. but you know we did it with smiles on our faces yeah you did um there was, <laughs> there was a group there was 
a group of 11 of us and we just go on with it really excellent um, and we enjoyed the experience yeah wonderful yeah and i've learned a lot about sort of public accessibility through um a friend of mine scott whitney um he and i did a challenge oh, yes, in yeah. january do you know scott yeah um he and I did the, a challenge to raise money for the brain charity. I talked to you about the brain charity before, didn't I? It's, I think it's yes. in the north of England only though. So not down in London near you, but, um, they do so much for so many people. Um, yeah. mainly because in Scott's case, for example, he, he had a lot of symptoms. He was in a wheelchair, but, um, only recently after many, many, many months, was he diagnosed mm. so because he didn't have a diagnosis the brain charity was like it's okay we'll look after you <laughs> so they were like come and join us it's fine <laughs> the more the merrier so um yes. he was really really grateful for all the help that they gave him it's just such an mm. amazing um charity i think but uh yeah i mean i know there is a huge lack of a awareness when it comes to accessibility um for yeah. example scott men mentioned he went to the pharmacy to collect his medication and mm. he couldn't get in because there were there wasn't a ramp there outside of a pharmacy um and yeah. you'd be, but for people like you know myself who I'm I'm able bodied and I you know I I hadn't really thought about it much before I um I started to notice these things everywhere um yeah. notice all of these stairs when there wasn't any other way of getting up somewhere and other things like that um, and I just thought to myself, you know, more needs to be done, but it's not just the responsibility of people who need these facilities to do the, the work. It's a responsibility of all of us to, to make sure that the world is more accessible. Um, yeah. What's, what's your point of view on that? <laughs> um, I've had really bad experiences when it's come to accessibility mm. and really good experiences. Um, and I feel, but it's one of those things where I am very grateful to where we are because mm. I remember 20 years ago, I couldn't even get on the bus um, mm. because there were steps onto the bus. Um, trains um, were huge steps up. It was like climbing Mount Everest. And, you know, I just didn't use public transport for ages um, until mm. I was about eight. Me and mom used to take taxis everywhere mm -hmm. um, because... Um, using public transport was just impossible. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, when I eventually was able to use the bus, it was such a big new thing. It was like a big fear. Like oh. I I got onto the bus for the first time and I remember being in my manual chair because I didn't have electric for a while. Um, I got on the bus and my chair would slide all over the place even when the brakes were on. And that would scare me so yeah. much. I was like, <laughs> I was like gosh... I don't want to get on the bus anymore. No, <laughs> so, understandably. Um, but mum kept uh, having me on and I went on every so often and I got used to it and then mm. I got my electric chair and then it was back from square one again Yeah. where I had to relearn it again because my electric chair would then slide and it was actually like, I was kind of independent being able mm -hmm. to go out and things. Mm -hmm. So... I had to take a long time to learn that. Get but, used to it, yeah. You know, but now I'm, I I can get on the bus myself. And like when I go to Battersea, I, I get on the bus myself. I go to a station and transport for London are really good. I can mm -hmm. speak to them and say, look, I want to get to Victoria. Mm -hmm. And they call ahead and they call the station, like they call the mm -hmm. station ahead uh, where I met off the train. And mm -hmm. I have a sisters all the way. And, you know, it's, very rare that it messes up, but it's really good initiative. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, you've got to be grateful for things like that. You know, yeah. London's not perfect, mm -hmm. but it's getting there and it's a lot better than what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think we really got to be thankful for the London Olympics coming here because that's when they really made yes. the change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a so lot of the, investment then to try and make, make it more accessible. Yes. Good, good. Yeah. Um, um, that's interesting. But you were saying yeah. to, to the, actually it was a, one the post where I, where I first got to know you, uh, when I first saw that and I was like, Oh, I need to talk to him. Um, you were talking about there being a lack of help, a lack yes. of facilities available to people. 
and I, I wanted to this is the whole inspiration behind you know getting you on the on the video podcast and okay. uh, and and asking you you know what do you need what how do you envisage a solution to to the current challenges that you're having what would you like to be created from this conversation um it's one of those things where all of these things are easy as long as you have the right people who mm-hmm. are helping you mm-hmm. so for example a social worker um is meant to give you the support that you need but i don't know why they've done this but now they do duty social workers okay. so you before i used to have someone who would know my needs and um you would really get to know them but now it's whoever's on the in the office that day mm-hmm. which means they don't know who you are really mm-hmm. and you can get some really funny ones where they're quite rude and they're not very helpful mm-hmm. um and you know it's one of those things where i have a friend who's a wheelchair user and you know he always says in most of our meetings it's a constant fight mm-hmm. for people with disabilities and it shouldn't really be like that. No. Um we should be having the support that we need to live life. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean for me I've got myself in well I've got myself a lot of hats so I do a lot of different things um because my brain's very creative and I yeah. like to do different things but because of that I'm having to do everything solo. Mm-hmm. Um and the help that i really would need is a personal assistant mm-hmm. um where i could have that flexibility of if i'm having an event in london i could stay in london rather than coming all the way back home mm-hmm. to then sometimes having to go out early again the next day to go mm-hmm. somewhere else mm-hmm. uh that flexibility would make things a whole lot easier mm-hmm. um there's also times where i have the opportunity to go abroad or do an event somewhere and because I've most of my life I've had to rely on friends and family. Yeah. Um they are very helpful but as you can imagine most of them work and they don't always have the free time. Hmm. So that means if they're not free that means I can't go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you want to be independent and make your own decisions. Yeah. So, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Cuz like I can do half a day by myself. Um mm-hmm. I can go to London and stuff but that also means that i can't ha- drink water i'm not able to use the toilet mm-hmm. um have any food or get out of my chair to rest my legs mm-hmm. so i'm kind of stuck in my chair to yeah. do things um mm-hmm. which is fine cuz usually if i'm doing half day i'm usually going to meet people and whoever i'm meeting mm-hmm. is quite helpful mm-hmm. um and There's a lot of people I've turned into carers really mm-hmm. um cuz you know I have friends who've never really done it before but once they've done it once they're happy to do it again so mm-hmm. you know I do have a pool of people but you know I need that uh constant help yeah official um, mm-hmm. official mm-hmm. and kind of like a long term thing yeah. rather than Oh, I, I need to ask five people if they're free this weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting that the uh, social workers now are just sort of like on a um, you know a duty basis. So you don't yeah. get to build a relationship with them. They don't get to learn your preferences. Kind mm. of, it's just you know standard care. But um, I suppose a lot of services have been have been affected by the pandemic, and obviously funding is short. Um, but there's well, also Well, this was before the pandemic. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But there's also Brexit um has has also oh, yeah. caused uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of care workers and other people to to leave the country mm. as well, hasn't it? Um yeah, we're we're working on um a big project at the moment to try and help healthcare workers who are coming from another country to work in the UK either in the NHS yeah. or one of the many different care roles um in the country to learn english and pass the exams because not a lot of people know but just after brexit came in um in 2017 they changed the requirements for english language exams to get a visa in the uk and right. nurses um well all healthcare workers now need to get a band 7 so just to put that in perspective a lot of native speakers can't reach that level 
um mm. and you know it's it's a lot a band seven in the IELTS exam so that's the same level to to get an MBA in um uh, to get on an MBA program at Warwick University for example like it's it's a high level um it doesn't yeah. look like that's going to be decreased anytime soon so we're looking at a solution where we can help those people learn English um in a really you know achievable or accessible way so that they can mm. get those visas sooner and hopefully that will have an an effect on the amount of resources that are available not just to people who need urgent care but for for people who who want a more sort of structured um routine and 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 have some help that way because there are many many people who are really keen to come here um valuable yes. wonderful trained people um so it's it's one of our objectives to to help them to get here as much as as much as we can because it's a shame there's so many barriers to mm-hmm. allow skilled people to mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. and show off their talents mm-hmm. i mean like it's not really the same sort of thing but i mean you know why do people have to get a new driving license once they've learned it in their own country i don't mm-hmm. you know i know like the roads are different and stuff but mm-hmm. to do the whole process again i think it's just crazy mm-hmm. to me like yeah. if they could drive they can drive you know yeah yeah that's that's exactly it. Um, I don't I don't understand why it's so difficult. I mean, a lot of people will be working in their their own country, whether that's an Eastern European country, an African country, mm. maybe uh, an Asian country, wherever it is, and they've worked their way up in their healthcare role. For example, they're qualified, yeah. they're experienced, they're really good at their job. And then if they do eventually get to the UK, then they're given a really low level job just because they are not from here. Um, and it's, Back to it's, one. it's not fair, but we're, it's also really silly. <laughs> like it's, it's short sighted. Yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. could be doing so much more good in a, in a role that suits them and their expertise. Um, but unfortunately, there's, there's many systematic improvements that need to be made. So, yeah, we're yes. working hard to, to get that done at the moment. I've just applied for a government grant for one particular project that we're working on. But it's just, it's all funding, isn't it? At the end of the day, it all comes down oh, to money. Mm. Funny, funding, grants, yeah, mm. it's a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier, so we were talking about your 360 videos. How do you oh, yes. make them? How do you, what is it? Is it a drone? Like, how how does this work? <laughs> um, so I got into 360 editing actually from the skating because um, I would see a lot of skaters um, on Instagram do these really cool videos and I thought, oh, how are they doing that? And then I realized it was a 360 camera. Okay. Um, and it's really interesting how it works because it's on a like a selfie stick and then it gets rid of the stick that you're holding. So then it looks like you are, it looks like a drone basically. Yeah. Um, and then within the editing software, you can just choose where you want it to point at that certain moment and then you just stitch it together really. Um, wow, because cool. Years ago, you would have to have like six different cameras and then mm. you'd have to stitch it together but mm. now it's like all in the one camera Brilliant. Um, but yeah it's, it's quite fascinating yeah. it takes a long time to edit and it's a lot on the computer but yeah it's cool yeah brilliant brilliant yeah, yeah. you could teach me a few things i uh <laughs> when well, i was doing this <laughs> thank you isaac i was doing this challenge with uh scott uh in january um and i got into the habit of doing a little video just on linkedin to sort of encourage people to donate to the brain charity and uh, yeah. a few people were like, hey, Rain, I'm loving the daily sweaty updates. <laughs> like, make it sound so glamorous. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I was like red faced and you know, I was like, please donate to this, to this charity. Um, brilliant. Oh, well, it's been so nice to chat with you, Isaac. Is there anything else you want to share before we finish up today? Oh, I thought we were going to talk for another 45 minutes. Oh, you got it. You can give us your life story. I was only joking, but go ahead. (laughs) When I was five. (laughs) When I was a young boy. Yes, um... (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe we'll save that for part two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, next month. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is monthly now, yeah. It's a daily thing now, Isaac. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. breakfast TV with Lorraine and yeah. Isaac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same time tomorrow. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Tune in, yeah. folks. Oh, fab. But, uh, no, I think it's, no, it's been good getting mm. to, to finally speak to you and... Um, Thanks for your help and support on my posts. And I feel, I think with LinkedIn, it's like everyone that I've been talking to is just like a friend out out of nowhere. And it's kind of like that instant friendship that you don't usually get if Mm -hmm. it's uh, done um, other other ways. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you. Oh, thank you. Keep on, keep on just being you i mean i I was i was gonna say keep on inspiring people but it's it's all of it that that matters it's yes it's inspiring people but it's also being real and you know being honest about the challenges and the and the struggles and also the gratitude and um you know helping other people whilst being helped as well it's it's that's what we need more of like authentic real content that shines a light on an experience that maybe people wouldn't necessarily have um a view on otherwise so yeah keep on keep on doing it and i'm going to support you um in any way i can isaac oh thank you and i I think that's the beauty of linkedin is um people being real on there Mm -hmm. um you don't really get that on any other social media platforms Mm -hmm. you might Mm -hmm. get on an instagram post but who clicks to read more on Instagram anyway? You know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> most people don't. So mm. I feel, yeah, you can really build authentic relationships, and there's a lot more honesty and mm. uh, people wanting to work with each other, which is yeah. great. So yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for well, thanks for all the people pushing me to get to LinkedIn as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the next step is actually meeting in person. Um, oh, yeah. That's always a, it was a bit weird the first time I met people from LinkedIn in person, but now I love it. I like it. Yeah, it's, no, it's amazing. Cool. It's super yeah. cool. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, man, I'll have to do that next time I'm in London. Uh, no, or, or if I come up, if I come up to you. Yeah, if you come up to Edinburgh, lots of cobbles up here, but yeah, I mean it's oh, there are. <laughs> be warned. But uh, yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant city, Isaac. You'll love it. So yeah, yeah. come come on up well, here and I'll show you around. Yeah, we'll have to do an in-person podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> With a 360 video. I'll get yeah. my skates on. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, we'll do it all in one go. <laughs> Why not? Oh, an Easter outfit, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That bunny hoodie. I can't wait to see the bunny yep. hoodie. <laughs> well, you'll see it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Take yep. care, my friend. No Look Take after care. yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. We're already so um I Oh okay video podcast Start again. Yeah <laughs> It's your fault <laughs> Right take ten thousand Yeah <laughs> Right Hi Hello <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, I'm starting. Yep. Perfect.